You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with, just announce it for me. Uh, Jose Robles. Robles, name. okay. Right. I knew the first part was Jose. Uh-huh. But um, So, Jose, what do you do professionally, man? Professionally? Well, not quite professionally. I'm a uh, front desk supervisor at a hotel in Ocean City right now. But um, this will be my first year doing it now. Uh, I've been just an assistant there for two years now. Do you, do you like the hotel business? Because I work in a hotel, too. So uh-huh. it's I, I, it's definitely uh, stressful at times, especially when you're super busy. Like I work yeah. in the housekeeping department, so uh-huh. you know constantly when we got all these checkouts going out, you have all these like times and demands you have to meet, and it's just yeah. overall stress. I think the two most stressful positions really in the hotel business are probably housekeeping and the kitchen. It uh-huh. seems like our kitchen staff gets a new person every week or something because uh-huh. you're in there all jam packed together you got yeah. no space to move around front desk is more like calmer you can kind of move around a little bit and yeah you have those rushes obviously with people checking in very much so how do you deal with just the fact of people even i don't know how to say it like just being an asshole to you because like it's um, got to happen dude you got to have that one guy's like my bet like trying to get a free room or something <laughs> you got to be sitting there like i just want to you know uh-huh. curse you out but i well, it, it really depends on the person, I guess, and how do you handle the situation. And it depends on the kind of asshole, too. Because, uh, you know, you got the people that, like, one time, I, I'm sitting at the front desk. And, you know, Ocean City has, uh, you know, we got foreign students to come and work in oh, yeah, I know. different places. Oh, yeah, I right now from um, Ecuador. I'm trying to podcast with them, but none of them understand <laughs> what I'm really saying. Uh, and I don't speak Spanish or anything <laughs> like that to help uh, them out. All right. Well, um, it was me and one of the foreign students at the front desk. And this guy walks up and he just starts staring at me and I ask him, can, can I help you? And he goes, oh yeah, I just wasn't sure if you spoke English or not. And with that, I really didn't know what to do. I just kind of sat there in shock and I just just went on with the job. I would have been upset, dude. Like, um, you know, like, yeah, I was born here, man. <laughs> I know both of um, You know what's crazy about that is, though, imagine a white guy um, being raised by a Spanish woman. Uh-huh. And you think that he's just, you're like, it goes in the same scenario. Uh-huh. Like they start, you get a bunch of like Latinos together and they start speaking Spanish bad about the guy. That's and he right. just comes out of nowhere like, hey, que pasa? He understands and me. You're just like, oh shit. Like, uh-huh. But it's it's cool that you have like, there's, we have that um, ethnicity. Me, I'm growing like, I'm, you know, all white. So it's like, uh-huh. I, I, I don't know. The, I mean, I've had very culturally influenced by family and stuff like that and culturally yeah. influenced from, you know, loving all races and everything like that. Um, Do you find negativity a lot in your job? Um, not really. A lot of people are really accepting, uh, especially because in a, where I work, it's a lot of, you know, African-American people, a lot of foreign people that come and work. And Same too. where I work, yeah. And so it's a big mix. A lot of people are just, I mean, perfectly fine with it. They don't see color like that, I guess. Uh, some, some ways there has been like people that it's usually, it tends to be older people that aren't really okay with it all. Like uh, one time this guy, he stopped me just to tell me some Mexican joke that he knew. And it was like an, an older man that stayed with us. But, um, did he seem like he was doing it on purpose? Like, or did he just seem ignorant to what? No, he, he kind of, I think he was just saying the joke to say it. I don't think he meant really anything offensive by it. He yeah. just wanted to say it to me because I happened to be Hispanic. 
Well, for that, you got to look at, like, how they were raised. Like, they don't know any better. They're a little uh, bit ignorant. I feel like a little bit of racism will kind of die down a little bit. I mean, uh, it's never going to fully go away. Yeah. But just the whole, like, once that whole generation and all the older guys kind of kick it, it's uh, it's going to get a little bit more open because we're becoming more comfortable as a society and also being uh, a little bit too sensitive on certain things. Like, yeah. A little upset you can't play Johnny <laughs> Bravo anymore on the TV. Uh, but it's it's cool, man. So where'd you grow up? Um, I actually grew up here in Ocean City. Really? Yeah. So I was actually I was you said I was born here. I was born in Mexico. I was born in Guadalajara, and then I lived there for a year before I moved to Ocean City. So you weren't even really old enough to experience. Not really. Yeah. So uh, from my parents, I grew up speaking Spanish and everything. It wasn't until I uh, got into school that I started learning English and such. And uh, then I was like in the class where uh, you know foreign language speakers go and you learn English that way. And since then. Uh, I just, that's how I developed being bilingual, I guess. And, um... Do you like that? You feel like you have an advantage? I would love to know a second language. Uh, I mean, you think working at a hotel, I'm uh, around, like, Latino people all the time, and I know they talk shit. Uh, I mean, if I was them, <laughs> I'd talk shit, too, if someone would understand what I'm uh, saying. But, like, you can't disguise Robbie in Spanish. <laughs> so, like, they're uh, sitting there, like, saying, like, a whole sentence, like, just rambling off, and then uh, next thing I hear is Robbie, and then they start going again. I'm like, what'd you say? Like, <laughs> I heard that. And uh, it's like... But we've grown together like a little bit of a family. Like they try and oh. teach me a little bit of Spanish here and there. And yeah. I, I downloaded an app to learn it because oh. like I'm willing to get interested yeah, in something and just like open my mind a little bit. That's super cool. It just taught me stupid words like leche. <laughs> I'm like, when am I going to be able to use leche oh. in a in a conversation? Like I know the you know oh. the Buenos Dias and all that type of stuff, yeah. but it's like to have a full on sentence and conversation. In it's difficult, and I uh, find myself, like, when the Russian kids come down, I'm learning more of what they're understanding. Like, they were teaching uh, me. I had all of them every day write down 10 words, so I'd come uh, home with, like, 150 words, and I would, tr like, they would have the translation uh, written beside it, yeah. and, like, I had this pickup line. Uh, so, um, my buddy, uh, uh, his name's, D we called him Alan, but his name's, like, Dmitry Ruska. It's, like, a uh, whole bunch of, like, 40-letter right. thing, but he goes and teaches me castro verte. You know what that means? No. Cucumber. All right. So he's like, he's like, there you go. There's a word, and I'm like, I'm gonna use it in a pickup line. So I walked up to one of the Russian girls. It's like your uh -huh. skin as as smooth as a Casper Verte, and he just started laughing. Uh -huh. And he's, I was like, did I do that right? And then he taught me one, um, cause he he, no offense to him, he's a funny guy, but uh -huh. he looks like a parrot, uh -huh. I think. So he taught me Papa uh -huh. Gull, which means uh, parrot. All right. And I'm like, you look like a Papa Gull, and I would just go around and say it. And then we had the uh -huh. one dude in the um, laundry room. Right. That would just sit there and wash them. He'd teach me all the dirty words. Uh -huh. All the stuff you don't want to say in public. All yeah, the curse yeah. words and all the like the really, really bad stuff. I was like, what? no, stop. Give me words to make a sentence. He goes, oh, if you say this, it means uh -huh. you want to Diet Coke. I'm like, okay. And I walked up and say it. And the girl's like, what? I was like, uh -huh. he did not teach me the right word. Um, see, that's how it is like at the hotel. It's funny because um, a lot of the people, like, uh, I, I think it's from Bulgaria that they're from. Uh, they would speak Russian, I believe. And he, he teach, this is one guy specifically, he was always teaching me, he only teaches me dirty words. Whenever uh, he asks me to speak out anything for him, it's always dirty words in Spanish too. So it's just like a little trade-off that we always do. It's I always say so, it, because they'll talk it on the radio, if uh, they're housemen like me. <laughs> so like, they'll say a bunch of stuff in the Russian, like I don't understand what they're saying. And uh, it's, the Latino people do it too, they speak Spanish on the radio. I don't yeah. understand a freaking word that's <laughs> going on over there. I'm just like, I'll wait till my name pops up and say anybody need anything and they go uh, back to, you know, doing what do whatever. Doing. But I remember like, if I, I had a code for when I had to go take a crap. 
Uh, and I was like, I got to take a kakat, which means take a shit. <laughs> so all the Russian people knew, like, to cover my floor while I was gone. Uh, I was like, all right, cool. Uh, but it's it's funny. You get stuff like that, and then it's like, you get in on the group a little bit. Yeah. And I, I like that, because I don't have a click there. I'm being mm. the only white person on housekeeping, so it's a little uh, bit difficult to kind of find an outlet. But I, I seem like yeah. I click more with the African-Americans just because I'm open mm. to everybody. Like, I'm willing to, you know listen to your how your life is i definitely want to talk to you about just growing up and being bilingual and like being able to speak multiple languages like that's Uh, that's a tremendous benefit you know how many jobs uh, you can get with that yeah it's um i mean i've even used it at the hotel like when people don't speak english you know you just can't speak it uh, I've had to talk to them in Spanish and such, and just other jobs I've had to do like that. Our supervisor is from Brazil, and he comes uh, down and speaks like Spanish, because it's apparently similar to Spanish. Um, so, yeah, so yeah. they just sit there, and he just translates for a bunch mm. of the English people. Like, all the front desk people are white, so I'm like the only white guy that's <laughs> uh, not in the like the services. The yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's it's difficult, because I mean, we have... Uh, what do you call it? the tech support? They're all foreign people. It's like, why do we have all white people? Like, you expect um, them to do the same, like, have the yeah. same capability. But, I, I mean, I'm comfortable in it. I get to, you know, people leave me alone. I just do my yeah. thing. And, you know, like, I, I asked one of them, like, you know, one of them's Carmen. I'm like, hug, yeah. hug, hug. And she, like, goes, no, 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 busy, busy. I'm like, hug. Hug, and I won't go away until she gives me a hug. Uh-huh. And it's just fun, because, like, now they understand. They always give me a hug now. It's like, uh-huh. we, we, we weren't close like that before. Yeah, yeah, And now we're, like, together. Like, I feel like I'm slowly breaking down their little barrier. No, I know what you mean. Uh, that's something, too. Like, it, we've had some people come back, like, recurrently to the hotel that I work at. And so, like, there's this guy that I've worked with ever since I started there. Uh, he's come back. This coming year is going to be his third year now, too. And, um... Like, when we first started, we were just, you know, good friends. We worked together, I guess, but we never saw each other outside of work or nothing. But it wasn't until the second year when, um, I guess, we were both working housemen at that time, so we got a little bit closer. We we were talking. He'd always, like, teach me some stuff from where he was from and all, and we became closer over that time. We, we ended up hanging out after work and all that. So it was a nice little experience there, but it just really depends on the person because a lot more people are more comfortable just, you know, sticking to their own groups kind of. So it's like the people that don't speak English as much always stick to the people that like they eat lunch together, they do all that. Yeah, because I understand that. I mean, it's you want to feel comfortable, and it's like it's you don't feel comfortable if you got to relearn something from somebody. It's just going with what you know. Like one of we have new students that come every year too. It's like that probably with every hotel, but you know I click with some of them and I click with I don't click with some of them. And Uh my biggest mistake I've ever made is calling the Russian uh, one a Russian kid a Bulgarian or Uh something. They hate each other. They freaking hate. I mean, it's a hate like Uh I don't even know. Like there's like a a a thousand year conflict in there, and like you don't Uh understand. But Russians are scum. I'm like, what? I'm like, I thought you were Russian. No, no, I'm Bulgarian. And then the Russian guy would be like, they're full of gypsies, man. And I'm like, what? And like this one kid that's like same situation with you where you've had a guy that you've known for like three years that's been coming back. His name is Dragos. He literally looks like me. He, he's like my brother in Russia. He sends me like messages on Facebook uh, at like one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, bruh, <laughs> it's one in the morning. Uh, but he commented on my first episode of my podcast. Like, uh, he really had to talk about taking a shit at the hotel. I was like, dude, I've crapped in uh, every room in that hotel as a houseman. I've literally oh, been in there. Like, sometimes the housekeeper's at lunch. I'm like, I'm not walking downstairs. I just uh, stripped her room. You know what stripping a room is? Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Uh, but depending on who the housekeeper is. But I've met. Yeah. You met 
you meet insane people there. I mean, uh, like wonderful people with really amazing do. stories. Uh, One of the ladies I worked there with, uh, her name's Dawn. Really, really small. She was my tenth podcast episode. Uh, she used to be a professional women's champion arm wrestler. Really? We had someone that was a temp because we get temporary sometimes, mostly yeah. from Salisbury, so they're all like African American. Uh, um, and she came in and she used to tell me about selling crack, and they used to call her Big Sexy, and she's a grandma, and I'm like, what the. F- Wow. Like, it's just, it's it's a really good, like, if I really recommend working at a hotel if you really mm. enjoy meeting, um, in, like, it, insanely amazing people. Everyone yeah. is amazing in their own way. Um, and it's, like, the same thing when I ask you about your podcast, or not your podcast, but <laughs> to be on my podcast. Um, you gave me, like, a, I, am I, do I, I don't really, I'm not good at interviews, I don't have a story. I'm like, dude, we all um, have an experience, man. It's um, something that we're going to connect us, and someone's going to hear it out there. Yeah. And like you understand, there's difficult situations. Like it's really good that your parents like kept the Spanish thing in there. And uh, do they like you speaking English at home, or they want you to strictly speak Spanish? Because I know with some families, it's like that. Well, they're bilingual too. Except uh, when I'm, I kind of speak like a Spanglish. Like it'll go from, you know, I'm talking to them in Spanish, and I just switch over just randomly to English, and they really don't mind it. They understand me all the same and such. So it's just kind of like. Our own little language we developed, I guess. Do you find it weird that, like, once you learn the words, it, your brain, like, connects it? Like, it's just, like, how we're talking now. Like, I'm understanding uh, what you're saying. You understand what I'm saying. And it's, like, if I knew Spanish, you could speak uh, Spanish. And, bam, I could just understand <laughs> it. Like, it was nothing. Like, it's uh, not even I need to focus on it. But, like, I feel like I'm pressing the gears in my head just trying <laughs> to understand if someone speaks a different language to me. Yeah. And it, that's where definitely I'm ignorant, just learning. I should have definitely taken that at Warwick. Um, uh, I didn't. I was like, I'm going to take HVAC and all this other stuff. I'm like, now I look uh, back on it. I'm like, I, it, it, considering my career field, <laughs> I definitely should have picked that. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just a job to get me done with school and everything like that. Um, Same with you. But it's yeah. cool. Like, So just tell me, what what culture stuff do your family really incorporate? Like, I'm not saying um, you guys have tacos or something like that. <laughs> uh, like... Obviously, I enjoy tacos. That's oh. why I, I've had um, African-American people on my podcast before, black people on here. Yeah. And they talk about eating fried chicken. I'm like, why does it? Why is it racist <laughs> if I say you eat fried chicken? Like, oh. I love fried chicken, too. Like, don't get me. It's delicious. I know what you mean. Um, well, like, culturally, uh, you know, Mexican culture, family is, like, a big thing. So, you know, we're really close-knit. Uh, we have a lot of family in the area. And constantly, every weekend or so, once or twice a weekend, we always... Uh, get together and just uh, just to meet up, have a little cookout and catch up on whatever. Um but really like food wise and such, it, it is what you would think of. Like every night at home we have, you know, some Mexican dish that my mom prepares. Every so often we'll switch it up and have, you know, something that would be like, traditionally considered white or something or something like that. Like we'll switch it up to say like we'll have pasta one night, the next night we'll have tacos and then the next night we'll just have, you know, like grilled chicken. It's just However, it just works. Whatever you guys feeling. I if I I mean I I I would love to have tacos every single night. Nobody (laughs) ever makes tacos here. It's like I I I would eat Taco Bell every day if I could. (laughs) It's it's there's a certain like food shouldn't be limited to how you're um like you're just your racist. That's a little bit ridiculous. But I don't even think tacos came from Mexico, right? All uh, stuff came from there. Yeah, I about to say because they say uh, sushi came from Japan. It actually came from Taiwan. I was uh. like, uh, okay, <laughs> I've been lied to my whole life. Uh. But it's, I I like it, man. So do you celebrate any like Spanish holidays? Um, well, not exactly. Most of the stuff that we would celebrate, it's kind of um, 
just like the parent holidays, there's like Mother's Day, Father's Day, there's a kid's day in Mexico, we celebrate that kind of stuff. Uh, really, the Cinco de Mayo, it's not our Independence Day. It, I honestly don't really quite remember what it is. You know, our Independence Day, I believe, is September 16th, and that's when the like, people celebrate in Mexico. Cinco de Mayo, especially in the U.S., has really become just like a drinking thing. It's like a St. Patty's, kind of. Yeah. Just out of association. Um, but other than that, like, holiday-wise, we kind of just follow what the culture would be around here. Like, we still celebrate Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, all that stuff. It's, uh, it's not too much different. I just it it I'm I'm like glad that like first of all I even met you like even though I don't know you that well but it's uh, like just hearing like it it's it's cool to meet like everyone's got a story man and like uh, growing up just being like just knowing Spanish and then also English I mean do you feel yeah. like that was is there anything like you feel that you do have problems with about it like just how people look at you or anything is there anything um, that kind of bugs you a little bit well, one thing is, like, in high school, I actually took French as a the foreign language you're supposed to take instead of Spanish. What? And, um, well, the thing was, because, like, I, I already knew Spanish, so yeah. I really didn't feel like Why would you take an easy class? class? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I ended up taking French. I took up to the level three French. And every every time I told somebody that I was in French, they always asked me, well, why don't you take Spanish? Do you like, speak well, French? I do. Speak it right now. Uh, je parle français. Uh, mon accent est un peu mal, mais parce que je n'ai pas... Give me something dirty to say. Mm. See, that's the thing. I knew high school French. I can't remember dirty. Huh. I remember, I think, merde is shit. Merde? I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, merde. Uh, and then, uh, what's the saying? I'll use it tomorrow because a lot of the Haitian housekeepers we have there know uh, French and all that stuff too. It's where like oh. I'm so jealous. <laughs> have you ever had authentic Haitian food? What's that? Haiti, no. Haitian food. No. It's like a culture food, but it's like goat rice, dude. Huh. I never thought I'd like it. Oh my god, <laughs> this lady makes me like once a week like a big giant like I feed your oh. whole family. I'm like, no, 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 feed me. <laughs> but she's so nice and she gives me this oh. like. Oh, dude, this goat, like, you wouldn't understand how amazing. It hurts oh. when it, you're, like, done eating it. But, like, I'm telling you, yeah. it's amazing. But it's cool because oh. I told her, like, she used to own a restaurant back in Haiti. I'm like, this yeah. is the people you meet yeah. in this business. Like, you, you meet all types of people. I'm tired of, like, oh. you know, like, just, it's like school. It's open to all yeah. ethnicities, everything. And you get, that's where, like, a lot of kids that go to private schools, uh, they're missing out big time. Especially yeah. if you work at a job where you're just sitting at a desk not talking to anybody besides uh, someone on the phone. You're not getting the full experience of all these people no. that are coming down. Because, I mean, at the, you're not meeting the people with the stories, I guess. You're not really getting out there. Uh, I know, like, private schools can be a lot more sheltered and such. So, like, I know uh, I've heard some people, especially coming from Christian schools, I've worked with some people from there. And... Uh, They've always asked me about just, like, other dirty stuff or something. They didn't know when, you know, people, when they went to, like, our high school or so, would, would have known just from being there. And it's just kind of, like, just weird, random, dirty stuff or whatever here and there. I'm cracking the cream soda, hang on. <laughs> but um, but it, it goes to different um, aspects. Like, you look at how someone else knows another language, and if they have the ability to actually teach you and take the time to do that, like... Mm. They're obviously willing to teach. You're obviously willing to teach somebody Spanish that really wants to learn. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 tasking on you because you have to. It's like teaching a baby how to walk. But 
Yeah. It's like it's probably got to be a good feeling when you see somebody that really understands it and starts learning a little bit more. You can communicate with some of your like white friends a little bit better, and like uh-huh. if you teach them a little code words, you don't want to teach them everything, so you can still kind of when they piss <laughs> you off, a talk a little bit. But <laughs> yeah. it's I like that, and I know you you're going to Warwick too. Uh-huh. So what are you studying at Warwick? Uh, I'm studying uh, business management, so that's what I'm there for. So. With business management, what do you like? What what what's your goal in the long term with that? So um, I've always thought about owning a bar, but I mean I don't know how feasible that is considering that I'm I'm 20 now and I haven't even worked in the restaurant yet. So uh, I don't know, unless I really want to get into that, I'm starting to think about other things. But you know, I mean, in the end, is that that was your dream from a child? Where most kids want to be Superman, you want to own a bar? <laughs> well, no. Uh, it originally started off in like sixth grade or so. I, I watched something that it just made me really want to own a restaurant. And then once I got to around like eighth grade, ninth grade, I thought, hey, it's Ocean City. It'd be cool to own a bar. Like, cause you, growing up it's as a It's definitely kid, something that's always going to be wanted here in the town. I mean, uh, we got nothing but clubs and bars exactly. everywhere. So it's like, uh, this is a giant tourist attraction town. Uh, so like, I live in downtown Ocean City and... You know, there you're blocks away from everything. So as a kid, you know, riding the bus and everything, you would see all these places along the streets or so, like Pickles Pub, or, you, you know, driving past, you see the secrets. Yeah, my family's all DJ'd there. I've carried uh-huh. so many amplifiers into those places. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's it's cool, man. So what would you call your bar? <sighs> I don't know. I've had some ideas, and I think they're pretty good ideas. Tell me about your ideas. I'm, I'm mm. open. All right. So, let's see. I once thought about a burrito bar, all right? Dude, so that sounds like, dope. Like a Subway, but with burritos? Pretty much. So, Chipotle. All right, all right but forget this. The first floor is kind of like you make your own burritos. The second floor is the bar where you can go and, you know, get drunk and eat oh your burritos. Oh, my God. You have a two-story bar? That's right. Dude, you're knocking Chipotle out of the water. Screw exactly. Chipotle. I'll never eat there again. Exactly. I ate there one time only because... Um, I worked at Hooper's Crab House, like right down the street from the one in West Ocean City. Uh-huh. I was fueling jet skis, so I was covered in gasoline. I had 10 <laughs> minutes to go get a burrito and come back. I got uh-huh. a burrito. I was sitting there fueling jet skis, and the whole time I was eating this burrito, it just tasted like gasoline because I was getting it all over my hands. Uh-huh. And after halfway through the burrito, I just stopped eating it. And every time I walk into Chipotle now, immediately I smell gasoline. I just immediately uh-huh. don't want any food at all. You're just not about it now. I go in there, too, and there's just nothing but girls in there white chicks just sitting down <laughs> uh, all texting and tweeting and doing their thing and i'm like this is too much i keep running into uh, people i know i don't like this yeah chipotle is a big spot for that I've plus i feel like an asshole telling them what i want you know what i mean i uh, want this i want that don't put that much on there i don't want that it's like subway uh, it's like but that's what they're paid to do yeah but i just i like the self-ordering thing yeah, you know what i mean no, you never know what the one guy's like we're out of chicken i'm like uh, well, I, I only eat chicken. Well, it looks like you're getting a plain-ass burrito. I'm like, who the fuck makes a chicken burrito with no uh, chicken? That's no, cool, man. But, so what else would this uh, two-story burrito house have? Hmm. You know, I thought about, like, not a full-on arcade, but maybe some, you know, like, having some cool stuff in there. Maybe a pool table, a little ping-pong table. Get some nice little neat trinkets in there to do when you're drunk and eating some burritos. You know, bring in the crowd. Exactly. What type of music would you play? I'd say that'd be a, a big mix. I'd go between some uh, some good Mexican music and, hmm, maybe some like Lil John. 
Little yeah, man, you want to incorporate, dude. I feel exactly. like a, a, a like a Mexican place that plays nothing but Mexican music. I understand that's what you're going there for is uh -huh. the atmosphere. It really upsets me when someone goes, like, I want authentic Mexican food, and they have to go somewhere where the dude's Mexican. <laughs> like, there's a bunch uh -huh. of Mexicans working there, or there's a bunch of Chinese people working there if you want Chinese food. Uh -huh. Why does that have to be authentic? I guarantee <laughs> you, if uh -huh. there's signs to know if there's an Americanized Chinese restaurant and an uh -huh. actual Chinese restaurant. They have a takeout menu out front for you to grab. Uh -huh. If they uh, have soy sauce on the table, and... Uh, Oh, I forgot what the other one was. If they serve some type of um, uh, thing with your wonton soup, if they give you the fortune cookie with your wonton soup, don't go there. It's Americanized. Those are the signs. Because there's a guy that was a sushi chef, and he tried. He studied sushi for 30 years, like to be the art of doing that whole... It's like called shin, shinjoji or something like that, the, the flipping of the knives. Yeah. yeah, but he 30 years to be a sushi prepper, and he's white. Nobody would hire him with all this experience because really? he was white. They wanted a Chinese person working there, so people would be like, that's an authentic... You see a white guy cooking Chinese food for you, yeah. like, what does he know? Yeah. That guy was... Family was all Chinese. He was the only white uh -huh. guy. His dad was white, and it was like, you don't even know that aspect of people. Like, some uh -huh. people are bilingual, and they don't look it. Like, yeah. there's a dude that could be all white and be have black parents. Like, you don't know. Uh -huh. It just happens, but... Dang. If someone has the skill to make good food, I'm not judging what color they are. If they're yeah. going to feed me, then go ahead. Like, you know. Oh, who knows? They might even make some even banging food and you just would never know just exactly. because. He had to open up his uh, own restaurant and uh, now he like, he hires anybody. But he's like, he goes out to the markets in the morning and collects uh, all his own product and does uh, all this. The one uh, thing I do like about going into a nice like Mexican restaurant is the, the atmosphere. It's like uh, sometimes they're playing that little bit of music. It's uh, it's a little bit nice. You know, you're eating, I think the bowl of chips is everyone's weakness. <laughs> it's like Outback with their bread, dude. Uh, you go been to Outback and try that bread. Yes. You're just like, I'll keep eating the bread, man. I don't even uh, need to order. Like, it's free, right? Yeah, okay. And just, I don't know what it is. It's delicious. Yeah, get the honey butter with that next time. The honey butter? The honey butter with the bread. Ooh. Dude, that bread's banging by itself. My mom said, you're not going to put butter on it? Like, nah, it's good. Eat this whole loaf. Oh. Take some home. I, you probably, like, you, if you work in the restaurant business, I mean, there's, there's people that go to Mexican restaurants. They probably just like take bags and bags home of those chips. It's like Chipotle. You're like, I get a bag of chips for the road. Oh. like, oh, whatever. Nah, what would you call it? You know, you I, should call it Jose Robles. It's your name, but have like an emphasis on like a parenthesis or an apostrophe. Dude, Jose Robles Burrito Bonanza or like not something like a carnival house, but like something like a burrito bar. I always like the BB, you know, like the alliteration. It's just catchier. Think of it, dude. You got it. You got it. You got this beautiful bar idea. You got these wonderful games, this atmosphere. What type of... Uh, food are you going to specialize in on your menu? Food. Americanized too, and then also Mexican food, or just strand, uh, standard burrito bar? Uh, see, because I've seen a lot of places around here now that are like uh, they have a lot of like Tex-Mex kind of stuff food. Um, I think I'll try to have some like authentic, good Mexican, and then incorporate some more like Americanized stuff. I, I don't know exactly what I mean by that, but isn't like a it's a it's Ocean City. It's like a fish town. So, of course, you'd incorporate, like, the fish tacos and all that stuff, you know, breaded, whatever. Um, but I don't know. I think as far as I've thought about it, it's just uh, I'm sticking with uh, authentic Mexican, 
quantum map would be like a kind of like a choose your own thing so you can kind of choose what you want or do you have like the presets that you can get just so. don't turn it into a Dave and Buster's. You don't want to have all those games and stuff in there. Yeah. People just wouldn't leave. They just go in there to play games. <laughs> Who would you hire? Who would I hire? You're going to do um, what I was saying with hire all authentic Mexican people? Or can I work <laughs> at your bar? No, nah, I mean, you'll be welcome to. Let's you got to teach me, man. You, you got to teach me skills? how to speak Spanish, man. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I don't know. I think I'd probably uh, hire probably people that I would trust first. Like so, family uh, a little bit? Yeah. Do you think you would be able to work with them? Yeah. Well... Uh, I feel like that depends on what family and what they'd be doing. Because obviously everyone's good at their own thing, so like whoever is like best at what they're doing, if you try to get them to do what they yeah, do. Yeah, you wouldn't basically. have a cook who's like, a guy who knows how to like cook and everything be on a waiter or something. Yeah, exactly. He's wasting his uh, talents. Uh, so I feel like I'd start off with something like that. Eventually, once we, like if, if it does pick up, you know, hire some people that I know like would fit the job, you know, do do a good thing. Not all specifically Mexican, they don't have to be, but just somebody that's good at what they do, you know. Someone that knows the food and the culture a little bit, that so, can kind of bring a little bit of authenticity to what you're uh, cooking. I understand that 100%, man. Uh, I mean, you definitely don't want some guy that's raised in, like, Hawaii, you know, doing that. Uh, it's like, oh, maybe he's maybe good at making fish tacos, but, you know, he has <laughs> nothing to do with the... Uh, the latino culture so yeah. it's like you don't have any experience it's like let's uh, get someone a little bit more involved into that realm that's, that's right. cool man i mean i like that idea uh, it, do you like is is that do you is that is there another outlet or another thing you're thinking about doing besides just making a bar hmm. well i don't know is that just like the a, dream kind of in the end it like probably would, would be yeah i don't know because uh I don't know. It's just uh, it's small town thoughts. Just thinking about going to other places too. Like I like uh, DC a lot. So uh, I, I last year I actually went to fifty six concerts, and most of them were like in DC, Baltimore, or at some festival or something. I thought a lot about it. In Mission City, there like aren't very many venue places. So something like that, I thought would be pretty neat too. Yeah, there's no big concert halls that all the really like uh, popular artists want to come down to here. Maybe exactly. secrets, but like. Uh, that's already packed as it is when they do uh, come down. It's like, we got Jim Gaffigan coming down, dude. Did you uh, hear about that? No. You know who that? Jim Gaffigan is? Yeah, the, co the comedian. Yeah, he's coming down at um the soundstage in Selbyville. Uh, that live theater thing on the huh. water. He's coming down like in April. Did not know that. Friday. It's like at 7 p.m. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, Hot Pockets. That's what he's known for. That's why I say uh, when you pick a restaurant or a bar, if you're trying to like, so that's your that's your uh, end goal. That's what you want to do. Yeah. That's what you're going for business management for. You want to uh, own a restaurant or a bar style type yeah, thing. Yeah, it's just something like that. Uh, so you want to have, a, a obviously, a type of food or a certain thing that you stick to. What represents your place? You know, you can't mm. be a McDonald's that serves, uh, you know, they're known for yeah. being a fast food. Mm. But, like, Jim Gaffigan's known for the Hot Pocket bit. We have comedians that go by. They're the adopted comic. They're the black uh, comic. They're the white com. You know, they're the yeah. crazy comic. Everyone <laughs> has a certain, you know, flair or certain style so, they stick to. And you yeah. just got to really find... Once you find your style, like you're saying, you want to uh, make, like, a Mexican, like, type bar type thing. Yeah. Once you do that and you create your own style for it, I believe it, it, the road gets a thousand times easier onto what you want to really do. Uh, um, the whole process, first of all, would be like finding a building and then going through that, which yeah. is definitely a long process, but it's something that you can do. It's not saying it's uh, it's not. And I mean, I would support you 100% for it, especially let uh, me work there. If I get free food, dude, we're good. Uh, you just pay me in tacos or whatever we're making. Let's do it. Tacos every day. 
dude, dope, <laughs> right? Um, What's your favorite Mexican style food? Favorite Mexican style food, huh? You know, a lot of times at family uh, like cookouts and stuff, we make carne asada. It's literally just a, you know, some beef thrown on the grill. But the way that we cook it, I guess, it's always perfect. It's so tender and juicy. Honestly, that probably is a, something close to what I'd like. Um, other than that, tamales. It depends on who it comes from, too. Do you know what tamales are? Mm-mm. It's like a, it's always whatever you want inside of it, wrapped in kind of like a, it's called masa, and it's like the dough that goes around it, yeah. and then you wrap it in a corn husk, I believe it's called, and you cook it like that, and then you br- just peel it off and eat the eat it whole. I've not eaten yet, so you're making uh. me pretty freaking hungry right now. <laughs> that's, I mean, dude, uh. that sounds amazing. Just, uh. That's a, that's what I'm jealous of, is that... You look at, like, Mexican families and, like, you know, like, black families and all these. And, like, Uh where people say, like, they're jealous of us or the white person's family. Uh I'm jealous of them, man. (laughs) They're so close together. They're Uh so in a group. They're so connected. And you don't see that amongst, like, white people's families. Like, Uh there's the small immediate family. But you guys know all your family (laughs) members. Like, and it's just a giant, like, party when you, like, at a park (laughs) or something. I'm like, this Uh is wonderful. I've sat down to a random person's family's, like, party or something. It's like one of their, like, nephew's parties. Uh And they're all, it's all Spanish people. I'm the only white person there. And they're, like, sitting there feeding me. They were more than happy, more than open. Uh That's when I know racism is not a thing. Uh It's not in my wheel grasp. I don't mean to stick on the race (laughs) thing with you and everything. But it's like, it's true, dude. Like, Uh there's obviously, it depends on how open you want to be. And the fact that they were grilling up food and feeding me. And I'm Uh like, this is amazing. Like, I was... I didn't understand a word they were saying. Like, there was, some of them spoke English pretty well, but it's yeah. like I could tell that some people were like, "Why is that kid here?" And, you know, but yeah. a lot of them were very, very comfortable and open. It's and uh-huh. it's something that you don't, you know, it, it it's overlooked in life. Yeah. You know, if I, I I recommend to you if you see a family eating outside, like a whole giant family, don't be rude and like walk over and be like, "How are you guys doing?" Like, don't don't like knock off trying to talk to other people or just uh, introduce yourself to someone randomly on the street that uh, you might be able to strike up a good conversation with. Like when I talk to you yeah. at Marshall's, I'm getting my <laughs> coffee syrups and next thing you know, we're uh, talking like, Oh, we went to school together. And like, you yeah. know, it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's cool, man. You, you open up your mind and you might meet a good friend or someone uh, that might educate you or give you an amazing story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, um, as far as I've known, like, from my family, we're all very welcoming. So, like, when we have a, a big cookout or something, if somebody decides to bring a friend or a girlfriend or something like that, you know, we just treat them as one of the family. You, no one's, like, an outsider. You, you feed them all the same. You, you talk to them all the same. If you're drinking, you give them a beer all the same. Like, uh, you just don't... It's really a kind of like a really just close-knit like, community. Like, my grandparents had 12 children. And of those 12 children, each of them had, like, two to four kids. So whenever a big family. Yeah. Whenever we have, like, big family meetups, you know, for quinceañeras or stuff like that, we have to get a big place just because there's so many family and friends that all get included in such and those, like, kind of events. Do you have any people that are still left in Mexico? Uh, yeah, actually. I have some people, or some family, I should say, that are uh, on the Texas and Mexico border, and that's where they stay. And so every so often we go visit down there. And how How is Mexico? I've never been there. Mexico, it very much depends on where you go. There are some places that, you know, it's what you hear on the news. It's like a, a lot of the...
bad, dark stuff. But a lot of places are still, you know, beautiful. Like, you go to them, and people are welcoming. Some people might be menacing, but, you know, it's just people not used to somebody else or whatever. Like, uh, one time when I was in Mexico, back where my mother's from, it's a smaller community. It's, you know, max of, like, 400 people live there. And we were at the place called the Plaza, and that's where everyone meets up, some, like, Friday, Saturday nights. And I was there playing with my cousins. We were playing tag. And I guess because I was dressed differently or they didn't know me and I spoke English, they called me the white boy. And, yeah, so, you know, I still spoke Spanish but all the time. even though you're clearly things. not white. Uh-huh. They just look at you different because you know English or you, you're from a, America, basically. Yeah, because I just, I've lived from a different area than them. So in that sense, like, I could see maybe they don't, like, change or whatever, but... Racism against the same race. <laughs> Um, it's like a white guy you're like get out of your cracker it's like uh, you know you're white that's the dude that's dressed up like a like a black person like uh, with like a chain and all that like all dropping <laughs> pants trying to act like they have like what what's the, what's the, what's the, what, what do the kids say swag it's like no it's like uh, all right i mean i get if that's what you're into but don't be racist like yeah. we're the same color first of all everybody same me and you we're we're same uh, okay yeah. there's no difference no, um, besides you speak Spanish and you have an amazing <laughs> family dinners compared to mine, <laughs> but it's like, um, it, there's, there's not, there's not a difference in who we are. We're both good people. I think, yeah. I mean, meeting you, like you're a um, wonderful, open guy. I appreciate you being on my podcast and everything. Um, and it's like, yeah, I appreciate you having me. Dude, I, I, <laughs> I, I've been, I've been trying to message you and get this stuff going down. It's just so hard because I know busy um, with school and classes, like yeah. especially like the certain hours you have to go. It's like we never um, have a day to do it. And it's, it was cool. It, you know, I'm glad you came down and you, you hopped on here. And but um, that's crazy to how you think that racism is uh, viable in another place like that. <laughs> like that's yeah. just like. How's the environment and culture down there? Do you feel it's a lot like, do you feel it's more suppressed? Like you were saying, it's probably going to be like that in some areas, but do you um, feel like it's a lot more comfortable? Like here, everyone's closed off from each other um, in America. And I just, I don't like that. It's A lot of my friends go to Mexico and they come back tan as crap, having a good time. And I'm like, um, tell me about it. So uh, it really depends on the, on the area. Like, um, like, think of it here, like, in the United States. Like, living in a big city or so, you, you don't really know your neighbors. You're not going to be talking to anybody or such. But living in an area, like, a smaller area like this, like, you're going to know people in the area. You're going to know, you know, who lives next to you, who lives a couple blocks down. Uh, it's, it's just kind of the same in Mexico. Like, where my father lives, it's kind of a bigger city. And um, there, you know, you obviously are going to know some people around you or whatever. But other than that, it's not, uh, like, as closely knit or whatever. Um, but say for my, where my mother's from, again, there's probably like 400 people tops that live there. Everybody knows everybody in that city, in that town. Like, uh, that's like that here too. Uh, we, when you have a small town, like, like a population of like 300 or something, everybody knows uh, their neighbor, but you go to China, uh, you know, they, when they bump into you, like if you see someone that's from China here uh, and when they bump into you, don't say sorry. And you're like, that guy was rude. That's what they do down there. That's, that's known as like. You don't have to acknowledge that you bumped into someone because they're uh, all crammed like huh. tuna cans, like they're all packed in there. Like, uh, they, it's their population is so heavy that uh, they, that's that's just common knowledge. You don't have to apologize. If you go to Canada, uh, there's so much open space and so that means a large population, yeah. but it's it's all open. 
It's like going out in the country. So when they apologize, when they bump into you, and then they give you a donut, you're like, but I bumped into <laughs> you. It's like uh-huh. that whole thing. And then in China, like they they just don't they just don't even acknowledge that that happened. They just go by about their day because they're uh-huh. all like millions of them just crammed Super together. Sure. And it's 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 one of the benefits. Like if you live here, uh-huh. being a little bit more open, and you go to New York. And everyone's like headphones in, walking past each oh. other. Like everyone's like just rude to each other, ignorant. It's like yeah. that's how they get moving. They're they're constantly. It's it's all about what it's we're just, based on in our environments. Yeah. If you raise in a positive environment, uh-huh. you will either turn out positive or negative. There's not a uh-huh. certain outcome, but you're more likely to have a positive life. To where you're, that's true. To where you're from. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I uh-huh. think if you go to New York and try and breathe there. Um, it's hard because like brake dust in the air all that stuff that's why a lot of people from New York smoke a lot and have a, like, uh, a, a, a scraggly voice yeah. and you come out to the country or somewhere down here the air is cleaner uh, like you probably noticed it when you went to Mexico like why does the air mm, a little bit it, it's hotter out different climate so. but it's a little uh, bit clearer and uh, like same thing when I went to Hawaii like I felt like like that's the best place for somebody with asthma my grandma <laughs> has that and that's where she wants to move because really? she was like it, she, she doesn't have to need her inhaler there but she comes down and lives in Delaware and has to have her inhaler. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's just because how we're treating the earth and people don't even look at that. I'm like, yeah. first of all, war is always going to be a thing. Uh-huh. You know, money is always going to be a problem. So it's going to run the world, government, all that stuff. Uh-huh. But like the simple steps of just, you know, taking a, taking a minute to enjoy nature and taking uh-huh. care of nature a little bit, like planning something, yeah. doing something. It's not difficult, but we just never take the time to do it. I know exactly what you mean. Like, living in this area, I feel like I, myself, can say that I don't really appreciate what I'm around. You know, it's like five minutes away, you can go to a beautiful bay and go see just the scenery, or you can just walk down the street and go see the beach. You know, I feel like you don't appreciate as much as you should. So, when you do live in, like, in an area like this that is, I guess, like you would say, like, cleaner and such, we should appreciate it more and we should all take initiative to try to protect it and keep it the way it is. And luckily, like, Ocean City's done some of that where, you know, clean up after the the cigarette butts and all that stuff. And, you know. Well, you got to think, when those people come, like, people that come here are the ones that litter the most. Mm-hmm. Is um, the people that are just down here for the summer or down here for, like, a week or something, they don't care because yeah. they don't they live there. They don't have to worry about it. And it's uh-huh. like... If you go under the boards at the boardwalk, there's thousands of cigarette butts just from yeah. them falling through the cracks. And people uh-huh. throw it right in the sand. Like, it's a good way to get it out and get rid of the problem and move uh-huh. on with the day. It's like, Absolutely. you know, we have all these programs. Like, we have people that go onto the beach at night and, mm. you know, clean it up and make it look nice. And then it gets ruined by day. And they got to do it every single mm-hmm. day. And it's like, it, it's ridiculous. It's like when you drive down the street, you see someone's house looking really, really nice. Their lawn's real nice. They're taking care of it nice. And you go over, same guy doing the same exact thing, taking care of his lawn. But he's, there's people are throwing trash, McDonald's wrappers outside their window and it's mm-hmm. landing on his driveway. We're not taking care of what we're living on. We, if we can't take care of what we live on, how do we expect to take care of ourselves? Yeah. And how do we expect to take care of the, the whole problems with just stigmas and everything with conflict with people? It's yeah. never going to change if we're living on a, a crap hole of a place. Uh-huh. we got to take care of it. You got that right. And like Mexico, like they're very, like I'm, from what I've like seen and like from documentaries, from snaps, from friends, like they're yeah. all very caring about their environment because they mm-hmm. realize they don't have a lot. And yeah. it's the, our whole aspect of we have so much. We were gifted with a good roll of the dice on where we uh-huh. were, cre- like, basically stationed. Yeah. This place, 
This mm-hmm. United States of America has so many valuable resources and stuff that helps us grow. It's like mm-hmm. China. They hit the, the land gold mine. Yeah. Then Africa that has gold and diamonds. You can't eat gold and diamonds. <laughs> you can't do that. Mexico, uh-huh. there's sand. Nothing but sand, yeah. you know. There's uh-huh. lush trees in some areas, but it's like... Most of it's sand, like yeah, Africa. Of Most of it's wow. dirt and sand. You don't have anything to really have sustainable farming, mm-hmm. anything of this sort. And like Africa, dangerous animals. Like we got lucky with the roll of the dice. We wow. we got a, a, a really good roll. And like those places that are less fortunate, you wonder why people go to these countries and help out and try and build because they understand. Mm-hmm. Like you're fresh. You got all the good culture parts. Go there and then try and be how they have, where they've been pushed down, kind of to the dirt, um, and they're 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 just trying to get by. But they enjoy so much more. Uh, where we take for granted with a bag of chips, eat half of it and throw it out. Um, they would eat the full bag. They would enjoy it because they don't have that there, and uh, they don't have the option to throw away that. Everything needs to be saved. Everything uh, in Egypt, they would salt the old use for salt was mm. to freeze your food, basically. It would preserve your food. Yeah. So if you had meats, you would salt your food. Salt was so important. This was the highest trading thing we had. It was more than gold. Uh-huh. We wanted salt more than anything. Now it's just that thing we have on the table you knock over and someone throws it over their shoulder uh, like a it's... dick. You know, it's it's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. No, and how far we can come, like, there's... In Mexico, they are very, very culturally just appreciative of their environment and uh, they appreciate like they're very religious too or you're not religious are you oh uh, no not so much you don't do like day of the dead not trying to be racist in that uh, way. Just trying to be like i know uh, someone that's white um spiritualist and she worships her dead ancestors and stuff uh, like that like i would like to believe that you know i'm open to all aspects of religion yeah. and everything like that it's just uh I don't know. I, I, I like the sense of just family you see from different cultures. Um, like, everyone takes it a little bit more serious and a little bit more open. Um, yeah, like, everyone takes it, like, in their own interpretations and out however they want to live their lives, you know? Do you feel you're yeah. gifted at having a family that's so open and close rather than being closed off? Yeah. It's got to be a burden and a curse, but... Yeah, like, um... Like, with my parents, I guess because we grew up in very different areas you know they grew up in an area where like they were out hanging out with their friends you know doing hood rat stuff whatever when they were 12 years old stuff (laughs) but uh you see like with my parents they were really overprotective when we came and lived out here like they in their minds uh their lifestyle that they lived when they were kids i was gonna be doing the same stuff out in ocean city even though it's you know two very different areas and from where they were raised so like you know, they were really overprotective in the sense that, like, they wouldn't let me walk across just a couple blocks for till I was, like, 12, 13 years old. When, like, all my friends were meeting up at the park after school to go play some basketball or something, I couldn't go unless I was with my dad or so. So, like, uh, you, you can really see, like, the drastic changes in what, like, they believe and, you know, what, like, the culture. It's kind of like a culture shock thing. Well, they were probably raised in a little bit of a difficult time in Mexico, so uh, it was like, that's where they were raised, right? And, yeah. Yeah. So, when they came here, they kind of probably thought the same thing, you'd be getting into the same stuff like you were saying, and they uh, just thought the dangers that you they faced there, that they had to more worry about, uh, um, they should implement onto you just to make sure you're safe. Exactly. And it's like, you got to under, it's probably hard at the time, like, letting them know, it's not like that 
here. Uh, it's not like that. You can walk down the street. You can walk to the uh, statue of the marlin, the fountain, <laughs> and throw soap in it and do that. And I jumped in that one time, dude. There's a video uh, of me jumping in that thing. I was an idiot. That thing was deep as hell. Is it really? Yeah. Huh. I, I jumped in thinking it was going to be like ankle deep. Nah, it was like waist. I was like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> just got my pants uh, all wet. Dang. But it's cool, man. Like, being able to have that freedom to go out of the house and uh, really, like, be able to be your own person. It's it's formative moments and stuff uh, that parents really got to struggle with, just letting them go yeah. out and experience themselves. And it's, it, it like I said before, we can take it back to the environment that you're raised in. You wouldn't be able to do that in D.C. You wouldn't be able to do that in Baltimore to exactly. walk down the street with uh, the 12-year-old uh, go. Uh, you know, there's an article um, last year, parents were pissed off at uh their neighbors for letting their seven and eight year old kids walk home from the school bus uh-huh. which is two blocks from their house <laughs> like where are you going where are your parents and the kids yeah. are like we're going home we just got off the bus like uh-huh. what where are your parents they should be there with you all the time it's like uh-huh. no they trust their kids they know the route to walk home and go yeah. to the park and do all this stuff by themselves you get uh-huh. a comfortability level with how intelligent your just, child is yeah that's and like you wouldn't be able to do that in Baltimore, Mexico, because um, the fears that are out there, the dangers that they, um, they face. It's just a, it's right. where there's beautiful environment and culture. It's different than here. Um, and if you get comfortable in like a bubble um, type area where you're like, it's a country, you know, everybody's nice. Everybody knows their neighbor. Everybody's like that. And then you go out to yeah. like somewhere different. That's where you meet the, the the guys trying to shake your hand and you're walking past them. Like, I got stuff to do. Um, get out of my way. Like you crazy. Yeah. It's like blows blows your mind. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because it's like they lived, yeah, everyone lives a different life, uh, but it's like they they don't it's like they don't realize like what you've been comfortable with, what you've been brainwashed to think this is normal. Their normal exactly. is a hundred percent different. That's right. And uh, it's you got to open up your eyes to that. And once you uh, do that, if everyone sees that a little bit more, they'll be more understanding of other people's cultures for sure. Uh, so like uh, that's something that like I want to say that. I've been able to help them with as I get older because I feel like when I was younger growing up over here I had different views on stuff than they did obviously so um you know as I got older I was able to communicate myself more so so like not that I'm changing their views but I'm letting like I'm showing them basically the different views of like how things are looked at in the U.S. compared to in Mexico so like uh you know, they ask me why I hang out with my friends a lot. And I'd be like, that's just what, a thing that we do over here. Like, everyone's just always out with their friends doing something or so. And uh, in Mexico, like, you're obviously, you hang out with your friends and such, but, you know, you're home at night at 8 p.m. every day. Or, you know, stuff like that. But um, I do have to ask, is that why you called your mom to make sure she knew you were, where you were at? Yeah, it's it's exactly. it's not that they're like connectedly bonded, like you know, it's not like a, like you have to do this. It's more like uh, it's nice to let them know. Like for me, I wouldn't even text three days later. Like yeah, I'm still alive. You can uh, borrow like ten bucks, like you know something like that. It's just different uh, because like you you grow up so close and together. It's like you have a family. Usually, yeah. probably a house. How many siblings do you have in your house? I have one sibling. So you have a small household, or you have a giant household, like other family members <laughs> that live in there. I uh, know it's just us. It's just a small household, four I, people. It's not what I expected at all. <laughs> but I'm um, like, you know, a lot of them 
like where you're you're connected with your family in a way, uh-huh. going to barbecues and doing stuff like that's something that a lot of people don't experience having that closeness with their family. And it, yeah. it definitely when you grow up, you kind of want to do the complete opposite, but you want to uh-huh. still when you get older and have your own family, incorporate those same values, bring yeah. everybody in close together. Of course. But obviously, when you hit your twenties, your twenty threes, you need to go out and experience the <laughs> world without feeling like you have a chain wrapped uh-huh. to your foot. But that's true. That chain, you shouldn't look at it like a chain. You should look at it more like a like a like a backpack. It's there. If it always has your back, you know uh-huh. what I mean. It's 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 your family. Like you're there. Uh-huh. No matter if you get in a fight, you know if I get in a fight with my brother, five minutes and uh-huh. someone's picking on him or someone's picking on me, we're immediately at each other's that. back. Like you're yeah. messing with my family. This is uh-huh. my blood. No, and exactly. Blood so. shouldn't be the thing that defines a family. I have best friends that I mean are are my family. I call his of mom course. my mom, and uh-huh. it's it's really when you can become open and like they invite me for dinners over all the time it's uh-huh. like when you have that with somebody uh-huh. it's it's you're really experiencing the the good parts of life yeah very much so and so just just tell me do you guys use hot sauce on a lot of your food because <laughs> i get i get uh-huh. so, some of the mexican people at work call me mexican because i use so much hot sauce on uh-huh. there and i'm like i don't put sriracha anything <laughs> all that stuff all over my foods uh-huh. tabasco are you nuts if you think i'm not eating anything with tabasco on it uh uh-huh. well you see here's the thing i'm weird in that sense my my family loves hot sauce like they, they all whatever types of i have a gallon of it stuff. in my fridge so yeah like, i understand <laughs> But I, for some reason, have never liked spicy stuff. So I personally don't, you know, use hot sauce really? on anything. Yeah. Like, I think it was one moment in my childhood that really just took me off of everything spicy. That's like, like me and um, cinnamon. Really? You know, you'd think a white person would like cinnamon. <laughs> nah. Um, I hate it. I, I drank a Fireball whiskey, oh. a full bottle, uh-huh. and it didn't get me drunk until after I finished it. Uh-huh. And I was already too late down the hole. <laughs> um, I went to the gym for like uh, the first three days after the gym. Goodness. Dude, I was running and sweating nothing but spicy nacho Doritos Ooh. and fireball. Goodness. So every time I smell cinnamon or anytime I smell French toast, my dad loves French toast, he'd always uh, make it. I get so sick to my stomach, I can't eat breakfast <laughs> anywhere, I can't do uh, anything. If I smell French toast, I immediately start getting headaches. That cinnamon just gets to you. It's just, it, it's just stuck in my head, and then now, like, <laughs> you think, like, that's the one thing I can never, ever have again. Uh, and it's like, but, I, I love, like, cumin, you know what cumin is? Oh, uh, yeah, I believe so, yeah. They put it on, like, Taco Bell's meat's gotta be covered in that, because that's what makes it taste <laughs> like Taco Bell, dude. If I ever, if, when I'm eating salads, and I'm gonna spice uh, it up, throw a little cumin on that sucker. Uh, and that's the cool part, like, the reason I didn't want to be like racist and saying like do you eat tacos and stuff is because the Mexican housekeepers that are at my work they bring like taco meals chicken and stuff they cook from mm-hmm. home rather than have like a burger or something they yeah. prefer that I'm like I prefer that too but no one ever makes me <laughs> you know I, I can't I don't make myself that and That's right. it's cool and that you know they're they're a little bit more like where they care about the land a little bit more like an authentic Mexican person cares and has uh-huh. that cultural race. They care about their body a little bit more, too, eating yeah. fruits and knowing the basics uh-huh. of that, where Americans kind of, we treat the place <laughs> like crap and then treat it like, bam, you know? Yeah, it's just whatever goes on there. No, like, uh, I've seen that a lot, too. Uh, in Mexico, they're, it's polar opposites. Like, you either see people that, you know, are constantly eating too many tacos, maybe, and they do become bigger, or you see people that are constantly just eating just the healthy side. So it's like, 
Um, you do see a lot of both. Mexican food is traditional. I mean, it's a lot of bread and, you know, rice and all that kind of stuff. So it is fattening, but like. Well, it's like blank calories. You're just getting a massive amount of calories and no nutrients from uh, it. It's like, yeah, that's where you got to incorporate like foods and stuff like like fruits. Uh, so that's like, uh, like you could say the same for a bunch of different cultures. Just like, uh, what they eat really dictates like how the poi. You ever had poi? No. It's a lard. At, in, in Hawaii, it's literally like if you mixed mayo with straight lard, huh. and they put it on everything. That's why they're so big there. They literally <laughs> feed the babies that in like a formula bottle. Like, uh, boy, they're known to eat that. Huh. And like McDonald's serves it. Yeah. I ha- I hate mayo. Uh, yeah, a white guy hates mayo. <laughs> um, I, I had a little bit of it, like a tiny bit on my burger. I almost right. threw up, dude. It's literally like, it's, it's so strong and blank tasting, but it's uh, like if you took a straight jar of like the fat lard and uh, just stuck it in your mouth and tried to chew, uh, it's so hard and like, it's just, it's just like you're chewing like, like tar. You're like, oh my God, like this is hard. And then when you uh, swallow it, dude. <laughs> oh my god, it like works its way slowly down your stomach. You're like, oh, I want to die right now. Dang, that doesn't sound too enticing. And I'm like, that's like, that is though, but they love it there. It's just oh, that's how they, they they're, uh, they're. This is what they grew like, with. Taste buds. Oh. Where you're environmentally impacted is, you oh. can affect your taste buds, can affect yeah. everything. And that that's one thing they just love down there. They I mean they they literally put it on everything. I'm like, I get that without poi. Like you want it without poi? I'm like, yes, I want uh, it without that disgusting trash you put on your food. And it's like to uh, them, it's like, okay, well, I'll save it and just put it in a jar and take it home. I'm like, that's uh, nuts. Yeah. It's not applesauce. Dang, I've never heard of that. What's a what's a one meat called? Uh, spam, I think. Spam, yeah, that's yeah. Hawaiian too. Oh yeah, I thought so. I'm you want to make a really good food? What's that? Okay, Spamasubi. They sell this at gas stations down at, like, it's. it would be our, um, you know how at 7-Eleven they have taquitos on the roll thing? Yeah. It'd be like that or a hot dog that you would get at a gas station. Uh-huh. They serve Spamasubi there. What it is, uh-huh. it's a piece of Spam All right. on top of, like, a rice, like, in the shape of the Spam, so it looks uh-huh. like, a, like a cake, kind of, right. and they just wrap one seaweed wrap around it, huh. and it's, like, heated. Or you can get it refrigerated. Okay. Dude, it's so good. It's a convenient on-the-meal thing to go. Huh. I spent hundreds of dollars at the BBC store, which is like <laughs> uh, the ver- our version of Dollar Store on their streets, like yeah. more Americanized. But BBC store, $1 for one of those things. Wow. My cousin, he, he's from Hawaii, lives there. He speaks pidgin, which is like English and Hawaiian mix. Huh. And so they just cut their words. It sounds like ebonics. Right. Like we're like, you hungry? He goes, I'm full on aloha, thank you. It's like, <laughs> What? But he's from Brazil, like his family's from Brazil and stuff too, so he's got that whole like ethic Brazil look. Okay. And um, he walks like a gangster, like pants dropped down to his knees. (laughs) My grandma was like, I can see your crotch, like pull him up. Like he had his, his boxers were so low, you could see his like everything. It's like, what the hell do you walk around in public? He goes, my, it's part of my style. And I was like, okay, he's got the backwards hat, but he was shoving spam and subi rolls down his pants <laughs> and walking out of the store with it. And he's like, dude, you hungry? And he like pulled him like, thank God it's unwrapped because you had that near your crotch, but I'm going to eat it anyway because it's so damn good. Uh, but it's like, dang. it's cool, dude, because like you have those like things that I don't have here and like I, I've never ever experienced that. I don't like rice that much. And then I, uh, I go there and next thing you know, I'm, I'm wishing they had it here. My <laughs> brother makes them 
down here. Like goes really? and buys the spam, buys the rice, buys the seaweed wrap, makes them, cooks right. them in the oven and stuff. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's yeah. where he got kale chips. Like you go. That's not bad at all. I find myself attracted more to the foreign aisles in Walmart than going <laughs> to the uh, Americanized side, just uh, because you get sriracha. You get like you ever had the chocolate elephant flakes? It's called cocoa. No, it's like it's on the uh, the Hispanic side. Like I used to stock the Hispanic aisle Uh at Walmart when I used to work there, and it was so easy because like I mean yeah, it was hard to find the labels to stuff, Uh but like everything's giant image has like giant like you know it's Latino. It's like they have the the standardized or the stereotypical like sombrero on it or something. It's like and the hot sauce is there. It's like that's all my realm. That's all like. (laughs) I go uh-huh. with the sauces and condiments rather than the, the Twinkies and all that stuff. Yeah. You look at that, there's the Americanized version of Walmart where, or it's basically Walmart. It's There's all American stuff and there's a small Hispanic guy. And if you <laughs> notice, their junk food is not as bad as compared to our <laughs> junk food. Uh, like they have the, um, what are those, uh, they're, they're becoming more open too, if you've noticed. They uh, sell Takis, those hot fries. Yeah, I've seen that a lot more uh, in a lot that, of gas stations. And they got one called... Um, Oh dang, or something like that. It's like a hot cake oh. or something. They have it right by the dairy aisle. It's like you're seeing more like Walmart and grocery stores now becoming more oh. culturally open to. I have seen that a lot. Like uh, like in Ocean City at Seven Eleven, you can buy like gonchas and stuff like that. What are those nice. little dessert cookies? Look like Oreos, but they're manchanas. Is that what it is? I'm not sure. Is that something else? There's manchanas? like a man. There's they look like a like a little a cookie. But they're not black. They're like tan, and they come in like a roll. Looks like like what you get a roll of salami in. Yeah. But they're all packed in there like that. You know, I'm not sure what those would be called. You know what I'm talking about, though. I think I do remember what you're talking about. I see them all the time. Like the 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 Mexican girls at my work uh, eat them, and I Um, they're good. They they taste like you're eating an Oreo. um, It has cream, strawberry, whatever it's in it. It's like yeah. I don't understand why. I mean, from my mind, I'm like, why don't you just call it an Oreo? But <laughs> it's 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 cool because like uh, it's, you think like if they're having the same foods as us, sometimes healthier, sometimes better options. Mm-hmm. But they're it's it's like the same thing. We have the similar tastes. So it's yeah. like if you look at we're similar in taste, why aren't we similar in person? Uh, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, because like if you, everyone is just a body. Whether their skin is white, we're black, all bags brown, of blood, bro. exactly. So like we're all the same being. It's just how where we come from, where we're born, that just dictates what people think makes them better than somebody else or stuff like that. So like in that sense, that's where racism comes in. But uh, in the like, if we all have like you said, we have similar likes, similar uh, tendencies of doing things. Like, but. I think people are just always going to think that their way of doing something is the way to do it. So I feel like that's where... It's hard to change someone's outlook, especially with, like, uh, religion or politics. When uh, someone has, like, a certain thing they think they're 100% right on, it doesn't uh, matter what you try and say and change it. Yeah. I don't believe in like, changing anybody's mind. Uh, I believe exactly. In, yeah. I just like, believe, like, if it's not bothering you and it's not hurting anyone, then there's no point in trying to change something that's like a wall. Uh, you're not going to change it. Exactly. So it's like... Everyone can have their own opinions. They can do what, like, they can think what they want to think and such. But uh, if it doesn't bother you in the end, just let it be their thing. Like, um, you know, just like, even if something as silly as, like, hey, I don't like your shirt or something, like, you can let it be like, oh, you know what, I don't like your shirt. You can just be like, oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. It's 
really going to affect my day. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go home and think about this. And then two weeks <laughs> later, you're like, that son of a bitch. No. Uh, but, it, it, all right, so tell me about, is it, is, do you like soccer? Uh, yeah, I do. Is that big in the Latino culture? It is. Why? Uh, it's just a sport to play. I played it. It sucks. <laughs> I was a goalie. Well, you see, that's people would stomp opinion, on my fingers. <laughs> people would kick. I got kicked in the crotch, dude. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't have a uh, cup on at the time. I wore a cup every game after that, <laughs> dude. But uh, I mean, I was always good at like being able. I'm not. I'm not gay or anything, but yeah. good at catching balls or being able to like defend the goal. Yeah. And it was a little bit more simple because it felt like I could be like a, a protective in a way. It fit to my aspect. I like protecting. Yeah. And. Ah, man, it was just so much fun, but I, I wouldn't, I, I can't watch it. Uh, I don't know how, like, uh, you see, like, it's a big thing, stereotypical with, like, Mexican people. They love uh, soccer. That's their football. Yeah. Why uh, is that? You know, I think it's just what people grew up with. Like, in Mexico, uh, it's really, like, a big social thing. Like, oh, you and your friends are just going to grab a soccer ball and just go dribble around or something. And I think that kind of passes on from generation to generation, where it's like a... Like, my family, most of my family were born in Mexico, and then we grew up over here, right? So, um, you know, we weren't in, like, the Mexican culture where everyone's going to go play some soccer or something, but our parents still, like, put the idea in our heads, and, like, every time that we hung out or something, we'd had a soccer ball, and we all played and such together. I have cousins now that are, like, they've been playing, like, internationally and stuff, and, and it just all started from, like, an interest when we were little kids. So I think it's just, like... You have cousins that play internationally? Yeah, uh, well, he he uh, played for a travel team. He ended up going to Italy to play. But, um, yeah, soccer's big there, too. Yeah, exactly. And Romania. Uh, you know it, why I think that is? What's that? The environment. The land. Uh, it's all the Mexico is like, like sand and like that type of uh, like dirt and stuff. You can't yeah. tackle somebody on that. <laughs> you can't play football on that. Uh, you don't have luscious green grass to land on. You're landing uh, on hard-ass rocks. <laughs> Well, it all depends on where you go. Like, uh, in front of my uh, grandmother's house and you know, by the border where our, my parents are from, well, where my dad's from, I'd say, uh, her front yard is basically a huge field, and it's got two big goalposts. But, uh, I mean, that's, like, the only one that you're finding in that, like, entire city. Like, other than that, there are parks and such that they have set up for the kids that are, like, concrete, uh, you know, places to play and such. But that's because there's not going to be football on concrete. No, 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 they're playing. My shit would hurt. <laughs> hey, you broke my collarbone. You should have <laughs> catched the ball. I want to uh, hit you. It's, it, I, I really, like, it's cool because, you know, you see everyone's got their cliques in high school. You know, uh, there's the obvious, the obvious social groups. It's there. There's the rednecks. There's yeah. the white people. There's, like, all the gamers. There's all uh, these different, you know, the Mexican people, uh, you know, black people, whatever you want. And it's, it's really hard to, to be that person that takes the step to, first of all, try and click into a whole other group. Like, be mm -hmm. the white guy in the Mexican group or be the white guy in the yeah. black group. Mostly because they're not open to it. Uh -huh. But you'll find some of them are. Like, yeah. someone like you would definitely be open to me joining their group. And then you'd uh -huh. know some people that wouldn't be open to it at all. Yeah. Just because it, it it's not that they're accepting to change or is it? do you think that they might be just afraid of it? Um. Yeah, so I don't want to say it's... More like a an acceptance thing. It's just just the change. I feel like people are more used to what they know, and so when somebody that you know it doesn't look the same as them or something or doesn't do the same things comes up and wants to hang with them or something, you're kind of just like, why? 
It depends so, on your openness of your parents, too. Uh, your parents taught you to be, like, you know, cautious, but also be, you know, able to understand a good person and a bad person. Yeah. It's, it's definitely changes. But if you grow up with someone that has hate for a certain race or something, and then uh, you're going to end up having that same thing. It's yeah, just it's what like your abuse influence. With, yeah, yeah. Uh, and... I, 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 I hate that we, this podcast turned into something where we just focused on race, but it's important <laughs> to talk about, man. Yeah. I feel like you uh, have a leveled head on it, too, uh, like when it comes to that. You're not really closed off on it. I still don't uh, understand freaking soccer, but, you know, <laughs> uh, it, that that's just my dumb brain trying to wrap around that. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not ignored to it. I just, I uh, wouldn't go watch a game or I wouldn't go go no. to a game I just I couldn't sit I know there what you like, mean. are they scoring <laughs> he kicked it in the goal like Robbie you played for a couple of years like yeah but you know I didn't do much <laughs> freaking at the volunteer service center so I just <laughs> ran around on just a block lost. until I got tired and hit my head on the goal post for um, fun I knocked myself out on this one time uh, I kicked the ball hit the goal post and it just came back oh yeah dude it, it was it buckled me down to my knees I'll tell you that much it came right back hit me right in the head my dad's like you Uh, just did that I was like yeah my forehead hurts he goes the (laughs) ball is imprinted on your face Jesus I'm like I know Uh, I would never go buy a soccer video game uh, no honestly all the video games for sports are so repetitive it's the same thing they they end up dropping down to a dollar (laughs) after the year's over with exactly I got a whole nother one coming out next year it's the same thing (laughs) it's one of the cheapest games you'll get at a a GameStop Uh, though $2 $2 uh, for like Madden 25. I'm like, exactly. we're not even in the year 25 yet. Yeah, but that game <laughs> came out three years ago. What? <laughs> exactly. Like, what year is it now? 2019. You can probably go buy the 2017 version of FIFA for like 10 bucks now. Five bucks. I guarantee you it's probably cheaper than that. Uh. <laughs> that stuff's ridiculously cheap. I walked in there. I was like, if I had $5, I could rule this place. It's like walking into Dollar Tree with a $10 bill. Um. You own Dollar Tree at that point. Like, you start ripping stuff off the shelves. You're man. a big shopping at that point. You need to start. Um, definitely, I would love to take a trip down there. I would. I definitely want to take a trip somewhere uh. different, like just a different place, just to get the experience and get humbled in a way. My buddy uh. travels like to Jordan and ancient Greece and all these uh. places and he said yeah. it's different everywhere, but everybody's a little bit more open, uh-huh. um, and some people are closed off in certain areas where they don't have much, and they're very protective over their things. Yeah. But like going into Germany, everyone was very open to him, and uh-huh. you know, willing because they don't have those people coming down there, like people uh-huh. from America. They're like, come on, it's not so bad, you know. Yeah. They, we understand we killed the <laughs> Jews in the Holocaust, but you know, uh-huh. we're not so bad. It's like it's not all of us. We're you different know? now, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> And I was always telling him, I was like, dude, like where we have hot dog stands in New York, that's a stereotypical yeah. white person thing. Yeah. And it's like, what about like in 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 Japan and in Taiwan, they have sushi carts out <laughs> front selling sushi, ramen, all that uh, stuff. Indian places is like uh, beef, you know, curry, like just all these. Like, uh, in Mexico, there are a bunch of places on the side of the road you can stop and get. Honestly, some of the best tacos you'll probably ever have. Is that a churro Mexican? Uh, yeah, uh, it's just fried dough. God bless you. Oh. <laughs> God bless oh. you. Oh my God, those things are amazing. Oh. I could do a nice churro with a little bit of like hot sauce on it. Don't judge me. You got hot sauce on everything. On You're nuts. Yeah, I you can't imagine hot sauce that. On there. Oh. Uh, but um, no, like in Mexico, uh, if you found like a good street place or something, one time after a, a we had a party for I believe my grandmother in Mexico. And it's like 11.30 at night. It's Everything's starting to slow down. But uh, it was like a Friday night. We were driving out. We saw this place that was still open selling tacos, right? 
we ended up ordering about 200 tacos for, uh, like, the entire family that was about to just show up at my grandmother's house wasted for uh, something close to, like, $50 or something like that. So it's, like, the money difference value over there is crazy. And, like, the value you could get for that. And especially on top of that, the tacos were some of the best that I've ever had. Do you <laughs> have any Mexican currency? Mexican currency? I don't believe so. No, I might have some so. at home. If you have a peso, can I have a peso? You got it. I literally have a Chinese coin. Uh-huh. I have a bunch of coins from Russia. Uh-huh. I have um, some Canadian coins just from when I go to Coinstar and I get it. I think it's a quarter. It's not. It's Canadian. Yeah. Okay. That sucks. <laughs> but at the same time, like I have a bunch of them. and I, That'd be cool to add to my collection. I asked yeah. um, one of the people I uh, work with about um, Ecuador from uh-huh. because their summer is right now and it ends yeah. in like a month and then they go back and then we get the Russian students in. Uh-huh. So I asked what their currency is. They go, it's the same currency as yours. <laughs> we transferred over a certain time ago. I was like, that sucks, man. You lost that whole uh-huh. difference aspect. I like that, yeah. man. But yeah, yeah I, I appreciate it. I know that's dumb of me to ask, but... Like no, for sure. I know small little coin or something. Oh, uh, I got you. It's, I, I just enjoy it because, like, I'm not closed off. To, I'm open to everything. And I, I find beauty in, like, everything, man. Everything. Um, Something's interesting. Whatever you're interested in. Whatever, you know, topics you're good about. Whatever you know a lot about. I like uh, I like hearing it. I like... It, everyone's a book. Uh, and it's cool to listen to it and... You know, being able to actually yeah. listen to it rather than read it, because no, besides audio mean. tapes, as far as a book's gonna go, but <laughs> oh god, uh, those guys are always so boring. They don't make it fun. Very true. Uh, everyone's uh, their own person. Like you never know what to expect from just looking at somebody. You know, somebody could look beat up or something like that, but could be one of the richest people in the room. Really, like they say, the most damaged people have the biggest smile. Ah, uh, very true. You know, it's always like. A lot of comedians suffer with depression, just be, but they're the funny people, you know, the people that you wouldn't expect it from, I guess. Because they they, uh, they see they know what true anger is and true uh, like sadness and depression is. Uh, most comedians have had a terrible, terrible life mm-hmm. and upbringing. That's what makes strong actors too. Uh-huh. Um, being able to display like once you know what that emotion is like and that feeling is like, you can display it. You yeah. know, you can you get know. back to that zone again, uh-huh. and that creates, you know. That was a formative moment, and that was something that they can use in for their advantage in life, in their uh-huh. career, and everything like that. You just gotta find like, what, what are you able to do with what you've not your knowledge base on what you know food wise, and you uh-huh. know like what you're learning from school and business to be able to pursue your dream of owning a restaurant or a burrito bar. It's yeah. like <laughs> you gotta chase it down, man. Uh-huh. I believe in you, dude. And always know I'm going to be that person that's going to work there if you get it going. I'm telling you. All right, you got I will it. be that front person that will be not speaking Spanish properly, but just being just giving everybody uh, shots. Sweet. That sounds like a plan to me. So uh, the one thing I do want to wrap up on is uh, you worked at Marshall's. That's right. Okay. Give me some of the secrets to dirty stuff from Marshall's. Hmm. Secrets, dirty stuff. Stuff that you like felt like was not right, or stuff you'd mark down and save for yourself. Because GameStop <laughs> does that. I know uh, you guys do. I know probably every <laughs> store does that. Um, but like, is there anything like that you kind of like scam people or used to scam people on, or anything bad? You, I guess you would say that you could just um, throw out without really getting yourself incriminated. Because I doubt <laughs> anybody from Marshalls listens to this. <laughs> um. Well, nothing that we really scam people on. Uh, some things I can say, and I feel like it works with like all everyone that works in retail. Sometimes if somebody asks a question on something, we'll kind of try to leave it at, you know, just a question. 
So it's like if somebody needs help with uh, finding a pair of shoes or finding a certain size shirt or something, we'll help them out. But if we can't find it within the first couple of something, we'll be like we have something that we need to do or something like that. Yeah, it's common. Yeah. You don't want to waste all your time trying to find this one thing. Exactly. So, you know, sometimes we would do that. Uh, I actually, I joined right before the holidays started. And I got to see when all the big stuff came in, like before it was put out on the floor. So everyone, you know, was saying, all right, like I'm putting this item on hold or something. I'm putting that item on hold. And they keep it for themselves before I was even able to be put on the, the floor. The benefits of working at uh, a store. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, I used to work at Paxson as well when they were here. And, um, you know, the same thing would be there. Like if... Dude, when they closed... I stocked up on chino pants, dude. I bought like eight <laughs> pairs of different colored chinos for like um, three bucks each and like hats for like two dollars. I was um, like, yo! Yeah, stuff got crazy cheap. Oh, that was nuts. Um, They're doing that down here with the Family Dollar, the yeah. one um, by Whiskers. I don't know if you know where that is, yeah. but... Uh, there's it's twenty percent off everything right now because they're closing down. Huh. So it's like you get everything twenty percent off. So that's All ridiculous. Right. I'm definitely gonna go there and buy a couple <laughs> dollar roll of toilet papers. Stock up on some candy or something. Yeah, right. They uh, always have that stuff discounted, man. That's the only uh, thing they should expire. <laughs> Except the Werthers, uh, those hard ass candies. Yeah. The ones my grandma them. buys. Like if they're ever discounted, I'm like they're <laughs> never discounted because no one eats them. And first of all, they're hard as crap and they last forever. <laughs> they can go through a nuclear holocaust. And still be just fine. <laughs> It's, mm-hmm. What else can you tell me about Marshalls besides just hmm. saving stuff for yourself, you greedy, greedy people? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not sure. Something I can't say, or not that, but I can say it's like, uh, I guess it just might be my opinion. I feel like people need to work in retail at least a month, like in sometime in their lives, just because a lot of people don't realize how annoying it is for to pick up somebody's shirts after they just toss them all over the place or something like that so they don't i feel like once you work in retail you treat the people working there with a different respect i guess so it's like once you go through the issue of having to clean up somebody's mess you don't leave a mess yourself you know i guarantee you if you stayed at a hotel you uh, treat it with a lot more respect because <laughs> you know what it's like to clean up that that's right. Like I, all, uh-huh. We just had the cheerleaders come down, uh-huh. and they were grabbing bags of Doritos, just throwing it all over mm-hmm. the hallway, mm-hmm. chips everywhere. I was vacuuming up all this stuff. I was like, but I will straight up tell you, like, hey, uh-huh. what are you doing? What are you doing? Where's your mom? Why, uh-huh. Where's she at? Why, why are you doing this to me? Exactly. Make my day hard. <laughs> it's like once, they under, like, once they work in that business and they have to do it themselves, it's the same uh-huh. thing when you work at a restaurant. You know, like I, my brother and like, some of my family members have worked at a restaurant. They, uh-huh. can you make this? But if it's this too, too much for the chef, don't have to do it. You don't have to uh-huh. go. He doesn't have to go out of his way. Yeah. It's like they understand the whole thing. When someone else has never worked in a restaurant business and owns their own company, would just be mm-hmm. like, yeah, I want this done. Make sure the chef does it right. And exactly. it's like, you gotta, you gotta, you can't understand someone's view and someone's what they're going through unless you've been mm-hmm. through it yourself. And sometimes you can't understand what that's like, especially with their life and family. But when it comes to their work, if you worked in that industry, you know what it's like. You've gotten yeah. the aspects of working there. Very much so. And it's it just simple stuff like that or just being open and more understanding really sets uh, the bar for everybody. Yeah. Well, Jose, I appreciate you being on this podcast. All right, Ravi. And right. are we going to do this burrito house thing? For sure. I'm going to fund you if I get rich one day. <laughs> if I win the lottery, uh, I'm going to give you... 
everything just to we're building this burrito barn jose robles burrito bazay there we go bam son i love that one it's decided (laughs) all right man we'll have you on again soon all right thanks for having me